see, I, I see you're bringing the energy yep. this time. Yep. <laughs> cool. It was your idea to do a double. It's a fine idea. Always good to have one in the, in the back. What What does that even mean? I meant one in the back pocket, but I just forgot the word pocket. One in the Always back. good to have one in the back. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> yes, to whatever you said. <laughs> Northern smile. Um, yeah, okay, well, uh, start recording now, may as well. No, no, I have, present. I recorded that entire bit about oh. having one in oh, the back. God. You're welcome. Are you going to bark all day? This is a tasty burger. I am just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny. You are a sad, strange little man. These guys will let it. Don't fail me again. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises and film nonsense. This is a monthly pick and mix episode in which we take a look at the concession stand of film and choose a selection of film trailers and film news for the month. This time we're talking about September 2023 and the popcorn flavour is... Birthday cake. Because it was my birthday. Nice. I uh, podcast in September. Brilliant. Fantastic. I often have you singing that in my head. <laughs> yeah, I can't I remember what the context was, but yeah, whenever I hear September, I just hear you going, oh, ah, yeah. yeah. Um, we have a recording of you doing that now. Yeah. Yeah. Wake me up when the podcast ends. Am I right, folks? Yep. So, Roberto, hmm. what's on your mind, bud? What, what, how's your filmic month been? What's been going on in the world and with you? Uh, looking at my pick and mix note for September, not a massive amount, if I'm honest. Okay. So see you next week. Yeah. Yeah. See ya. We've got to do more than that, dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, most recently, uh, Michael Gambon passed away. Yeah. Everyone's second favourite Dumbledore. Yeah. Well, I don't know. A lot of people, a lot of people, Richard Harris didn't have too much time to put no. his own stamp on it. Uh, you know, he is Dumbledore to, to many people. And uh, while he'd rough up a cunt, um, did you put the name in the cover of fire? I hope he's standing on uh, at the gates of heaven asking people that. <laughs> yeah, just pinning them up against the <laughs> gates. But yeah, phenomenal actor. Uh, very long career. Uh Sucks. Quite funny. It Quite. just sucks. Well, he was in his eighties, though. That's a, that's a, that's a good. Yeah, evidence. yeah. It's 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 yeah. It's not bad going as things go. Jared um, Harris gave a quite nice tribute. Uh, Richard Harris's son saying that mm. he he was his uh, that he was his dad's favorite actor um, after Marlon Brando. And oh so wow! He was, he was sort of delighted that he took over the role. High praise indeed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that sucked. So we're 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 two for three on Dumbledores at the moment. Hopefully Jude Law isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Um. So yeah, yeah. No, that 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 was a a sucky thing. Um. Did you want to stick with news or did you want to go for trailers? Because there were a couple. Well, I mean, the biggest or oh, one minor news thing was that, um, somebody tried to take the film yesterday to court because Anna de Armas was in the trailer but wasn't in the film. Mm. And a judge threw it out eventually. Yeah, I'm so still it, pissed it, it, about that. Yeah, sorry, man. But some people said they sort of bought they bought a film 
it was really strange. They they bought tickets to a film like online, like a, a download, assuming that she was in it because she was in the, the trailer. So this is the film. Is that Danny Boyle film? I can't remember. I think it is. Yes, it's directed by Danny Boyle, written by Richard Curtis. It's like a proper, proper British film. Um, she was in the trailer, but it was before she was quite. I think it was before she was in James Bond, and she was. She was. She did make the final edit of the film, which happens, and the defendant said they were deceived by Universal Pictures and that they wouldn't have rented the movie had they not known that had they known that Anna Darmus wasn't in it. And they sort of rented it from a few different places because they thought they were going to get an extended edition. So they so they sought five million dollars in in sort yeah. of in damages. No, it, it was it was the flimsiest fucking case, and it yeah. was clearly just like they saw an opportunity there. I mean, even I'm an Anna de Armas fan, but like, even if I felt shortchanged by that, I'd be like, I'd probably Google to see if that was the thing, because you know there is this thing called the internet, the thing that they use to download it on multiple uh, services, um, where you could find that shit out. But they just saw a chance to make a quick buck or a quick five million bucks. So, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad it got to someone with sense. It was just the, like, fuck this. The court said that the complainants lack standing because it, because their injury was self-inflicted, and that because they saw yesterday on Amazon, they had no reason to believe that what they saw on Google would be any different, and that they themselves had admitted that Anna Armas is not was never in the publicly released version of the film. It's very strange. Yeah, ah, someone just tried to get away with how ridiculously litigious society is in general and for once it didn't go their way mm. so good on that judge the main bit of news is the writers strike is over yes well over on wednesday i believe but the people can go back to work no the writers can go back to work now mm. obviously the actors are, are, are sag uh, screen actors guild is still on strike Yes, at time of recording. At time of recording, this is we are we are recording this on the first of October. So, if anything wacky has happened with that shit, we don't know about that yet. And you can now, if you look at your calendar now, see how long it's taken to edit this. Um, it, it, it will take as long as it takes. Fuck with. <laughs> don't talk to the <laughs> listeners like that. Um, yeah, so so the writer strike is over, and then. I think well, things from Karen being written but not filmed as of yet. Mm. And it's the good. Marvel VFX artists have voted to unionize. Yes, well. yes, yeah. So that's cool because it sounds like they were being exploited to fuck. Mm, so, no, uh, yeah, that'd be a good thing, and hopefully, it will lead to improvements all round. The yeah. uh, screenwriters guild seemed to have got, I think, most of the things they wanted. The only thing that they didn't seem to get was. The streaming uh, streaming companies won't agree to release uh, viewing figures for for their programs. That was one of the negotiate things they wanted in negotiation. Mm. But they will release it to authorized people in a controlled environment. So they release it to the sort of the heads of the union, and then they can disseminate the information in a sort of roundabout way, rather than saying this program had this many viewers. God, it'd be so funny if it just leaks like it's definitely going to do. <laughs> it. Absolutely, will these figures will out I, at I, some I point? I, I don't know. I, well, I, they're not good at keeping secrets. None of these people are. If you can put it down to human error, or you know, someone just thinking they can 
make stories. Some, you know, I mean, it's like Variety and Hollywood Reporter and that, they all have insiders. So, who knows? But it, it, I, I haven't liked their sort of cloak and dagger approach to not releasing their viewing figures and and whatever. It, it seemed a bit. I don't know. It, it, the, and the fact that they wouldn't give that up means that there's mm. some skullduggery going on. There is some bullshit. Probably find out money where they shouldn't. In, in twenty years, probably find out it's all like half these things are done for tax write-off reasons. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's the thing. It, it's definitely it's it's financially motivated, obviously, but just how deep that goes. Like, you know, is Stranger Things the mega hit that Netflix have said it mm-hmm. continues to be? Is, you know, were they right to cancel certain things? Was it, were they cancelling because of low figures or were they cancelling because some higher-ups didn't like the fact that, I don't know, the story it was telling, you know, the fact it was a LGBT story or it had, you know, a minority actor or something. You never know with mm-hmm. these things. And it, it it's just a nice kind of paper-over-the-cracks type excuse, isn't it? Oh, well, the viewing figures didn't do it. We're not going to let you fucking see them. Why would you want to do something like that? Well, I think also makes negotiate, contract negotiation difficult if you... Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you've, if you've got a hit, like a massive hit programme, but they're not telling you how big a hit it is. Yeah, exactly. And, and then it comes down to residuals and things like that. So, you know, even though they've got millions of views and, and, you know, hours upon hours of actual viewing time from people, you know, they get a standard rate or something. But hopefully that is changing now. No, I'm I'm glad that's over. Hopefully, hopefully the uh, the SAG thing follows. I mean, now they've probably got a framework for their yeah. deal. Yeah. So so that should uh, good because I'm for people getting a fair deal, but I'm also in for like oh yeah, uh, looking forward to things is good too. Um, and some of us are out here doing podcasts about movie news. They didn't think about us. We weren't consulted. No. I, I missed that email. Did you? It went to junk. Oh, okay. Fair enough. There was a they, there was a Rotten Tomatoes controversy. <gasps> what? Another one? Yeah, a little bit of one. So, uh, Vulture, and I think it was the New Yorker or something as well. It, it's one of those things where it was like a guest article for something from something else, you know. But it talked about um, a publicity movie publicity company called bunker 15 so it well i'll just read the opening paragraph it's by lane brown excellent surname (laughs) in in 2018 a movie publicity company called bunker 15 took on a new project ophelia a feminist retelling of hamlet starring daisy ridley critics who had seen early screenings had published 13 reviews seven of them negative which translated to a score of 46 percent on the all-important aggregation site Rotten Tomatoes, a disappointing outcome for a film with prestige aspirations and no domestic distributor. But just because the tomatometer says the title is Rotten, scoring below 60%, it doesn't need to stay that way. Bunker 15 went to work. While most film PR companies aim to get the attention of critics from top publications, Bunker 15 takes a more bottom-up approach, recruiting obscure, often self-published critics who are nevertheless part of the pool tracked by Rotten Tomatoes. In another break from standard practice, several critics say Bunker 15 pays them $50 or more for each review. These payments are not typically disclosed and Rotten Tomatoes says it prohibits reviewing based on a financial incentive. Um, on, in October of that year, an employee of the company emailed a prospective review about Ophelia, a Sundance film, and the feeling is it's been treated a little bit harshly by critics. Um, in brackets, I'm sure sky-high expectations for the culprit. 
close brackets, so the teams involved feel like it would benefit from more input from different critics. Um, so they, they sought out basically people who they knew would give a favourable review. Well, that sort and... of ties back to what we talked about last month with um, like Barbie, which you know you since said is a good film, but like the kind of influencer screenings at the beginning, isn't it, instead of critics? Well, yeah, and, and the fact is, I, I've, I've talked before how I fucking hate Rotten Tomatoes mm. as a site and a food store. And I think the thing about it, this is just, this is just exploiting the, the problems with the system. Because they say between October 2018 and January 2019, Rotten Tomatoes added eight reviews to Ophelia's score. Seven were favourable, and most came from critics who reviewed at least one other Bunk 15 movie. And so... So it went from what was it, forty six percent to sixty two percent, flipping from rotten to fresh. Okay. There was some proper journalism going on here, you know. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes have denied all wrongdoing as they always do, whenever their algorithm or way of calculating certain things, you know, we're just an aggregate site, but you know, they're not. Yeah, I just, I just, I wish people would stop using that fucking site as a be-all and end-all, like, oh, it's rotten, oh, it's fresh. And it, fucking studios aren't helping, because they put, I, especially in the US, I haven't seen it too much here, but especially in the US, they put a little fresh sticker on, on the DVD or Blu-ray, like, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, it's it, you can't boil down these reviews to a simple yes-no type thing. It, it, and it's a lot more complicated than that. So just everyone stop using Rotten Tomatoes, please, if you can help it. Well, that is when they can have the, the audience score and the critics score. So you said it's like a 100% audience score. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a fucking shitbox site anyway. Like, it sucks. Talking of sites and causing little bits of online controversy, obviously not huge. Did you see uh, Rolling Stone and the 50 Worst Decisions in Movie History list? Uh, I saw it. I didn't read it, which I probably should have. I think I meant no, to. No, you shouldn't. It, okay. well, it, it's, it's not a great okay. list. And you won't learn anything from it, but the some people were raising eyebrows at the ordering of certain things, especially when it comes to number seven, which was the... Uh, numerous safety failings that led to the death of three people, two of them children, on the Twilight Zone movie, the helicopter thing. John Landis, you know that? Uh, no, no, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, okay. Well, a, 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 an actor and two children died. They they were decapitated by a helicopter. Oh, wow. It was meant to be this this big sequence in, in Vietnam, I think. Hmm. Uh, for And John Landis was... was directing his segment of the Twilight Zone movie and numerous, numerous kind of safety things were ignored and the helicopter dropped and the blades decapitated them. I'm yeah. not sure. So, okay. So that was number seven. And then mm. number six was Lord and Miller being fired from Solo and it ended up being a middling movie. Yeah, the Lord and Miller thing is, was it bad decisions? Yes, so, worse yeah. decisions. That fits, into then... a bad, that fits into a bad decision. Death, the, the, the death on a film isn't a bad decision. I mean, you could say. Well, uh, so no, they, it was bad. It was bad decisions because John Landis allegedly, because but a lot of things were skipped. It was it was decided to do it on the cheap and not take proper precautions, and that's why three people died. But I don't think that's the same bad decision as firing directors from a film. 
No, but what I'm saying is 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 solo was higher than three people dying. Yeah, that's what I mean. That you could have lists of other things. You could have them both on a list, but I don't think it should be the same list. Yes, it, it's it's weird that you you put in something like that, which which definitely affected the the final product that was solo. But something like that was something as horrific like a genuine as, a genuine tragedy. And, yeah, uh, and, yeah. You know, uh, oh, I can't. Sorry. Um, what? I was I was so tempted to sort of say a genuine tragedy and like a really horrific accident on a film. Set. Oh, nice. But that, nice. That was really cold. Yeah, um, well, I'm a bit it's, sad it's you got the, the edit on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so, but no, you could have you know you could have an article listing horrible accidents on on film sets, which do happen, and detail the sort of the human error that led to it. But I don't think that belongs in the same sort of thing as a flippant. You know, this is the wrong actor, or you know, Will no. Smith passing out the Matrix, or all that sort of thing. That's a separate list of where you can say bad decisions. Yes, exactly. They're not. I don't think they're comparable. No, and this is the thing. As someone with uh, with experience in writing listicles, yeah, you don't want to fuck around with the tone too much. You pick a tone and you stick with it. Hmm. You either go super serious or super not serious. You can't. Yeah, as you said, being flippant and then being sort of like this was a great tragedy it, it doesn't work and so people were already like and people always look you know everyone skips to the the top of the list yeah you know and and so so you know the top 10 and obviously when you've got that there you know way more people are going to see it because that's where they skip to they skip to the 10 to 1 bit because of course they do what was the worst decision um writing that list call i think i i I'd have, i think i'd probably Slightly respect the author if that's what they have, if that's what they ended with. Above that was Matt Damon turned down Avatar, including ten percent of the back end. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty bad decision. Will Smith mm. slaps Chris Rock at the Oscars. Yeah. Blockbuster gets offered to buy Netflix for fifty million in two thousand. Yes. Turns yeah. it down. Yeah. See, Third they don't. Turns down James Bond, and then number one is racist movie The Conqueror gives Carl's cancer, probably definitely kills John Wayne. So. See, yeah. I don't think they're not really. No. No, I don't either. Because those other ones on the list, up until the last one, were probably in the same vein as firing Lord and Miller from from, from yeah. Solo. So have but a list people... of those things, but when people actually die, have that on a separate list. Yes. Or an article yes, where things like that aren't ranked. Yes. Yes, just like if you must if you must clickbait it to shit, you know, 50 worst accidents to happen on a film set or something, you know... Mm. I mean, fuck, I'd read that. I don't like the part of me that would read that, but I'd read it nonetheless. So, yes. So, that that was that was a little storm in a teacup. It didn't really go anywhere, but I saw some people getting quite sniffy, and there were certainly sort of, you know, raised eyebrows, and... And, you know, with good reason. Uh, Disney are releasing a hundred animated film box set. I saw that in, in like, a, a book. Uh, what yes. the fuck? Have I mean, you that's... It, that... it, have you seen how much it cost? Yes, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it something like fifteen hundred dollars? Yeah, I yeah, it's a right. lot of money. Yeah, so so yeah, a grand. Works out, I mean, yeah, it's fifteen fifteen dollars a Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, that's not a good deal, is it? Really? Yes, I mean, amazing. I mean, if you're a hardcore Disney fan, and you want them on physical media instead of just watching them on Disney Plus, which we can't argue with. No, it it looked to be a nice it looked to be a nice book, but yeah, but not for 
yeah. over a thousand pounds. Yeah, kind of, kind of insane that one. But uh, but yeah, but um, it's, it was like I every animated film as well. It was, it was like Chicken Little was in there and Open Range and all the kind yeah. of really obscure Disney. Well, it's 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 for it's it's for their hundredth anniversary. So it's the hundredth hundred greatest. Well. Hundred movies. I think it's hundred movies. They can't really the good mm. dinosaurs in there. You can't say it's hundred greatest movies. I've got I've got something that just annoyed me on Reddit. Uh, this it isn't news, but I kind of wanted to winch about it anyway. Okay. And this this beats just shouting out the window, like I often do. So someone on Reddit said that they noticed a, a little detail about School of Rock that uh, they really appreciated. And they said it's a, just a wholesome little touch. And, and actually, if you listen to uh, Zach's song, it's about their situation and, and, and Dewey Finn coming to teach them the right way to rock. Do you think it's a joke? No. How do you know? Because the way the way it's actually like worded, and the fact it got like over a thousand upvotes as well, which is normally like people really fucking agree with this and whatever, it 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 hurt me, because I was like, of course that's what it is, of course, baby was making straight A's, but we were stuck in the dumb days. Don't take much to memorize your lies. I feel like we're being hypnotized, but then a magic man came to town. You know, it, yeah, of course, they're really basic fucking lyrics. That's why the the song is called School of Rock. <laughs> That's why they released it as a single. It it Yes. Wow. But I'm I'm just I'm concerned that media literacy is falling. And I don't want to be snobby because I've I've had the time and the privilege to study further into things and think about media because I love it and, and you know, do these things, but it's just like I get the feeling that sometimes people, you know, they listen to songs and they're not listening to the lyrics or whatever. They don't take any deeper meaning from that. They're just, and, and I'm thinking that they watch films and they just like the pretty colours half the time. I, I think there is a proper falling in in, in media literacy. Chris McCorry says, uh, says it as, as much, though, that people don't necessarily listen to films. They, you know, they react to what they're seeing on the screen. Mm. Yeah. Well, but but he talks about that for that's how he does a lot of his sort of action things is is with that in mind. It's quite it's always interesting to listen to him. Yeah, well, who am I to argue with McHugh? But uh, but yeah, it I I and I it doesn't take much. Just like think, it's not just a a a thing that that colours a noise that happens for an hour or two and then then you forget about it. You know. I don't know. It just it just bugged me because it, because then it was the fact it was so upvoted and so kind of like people talking about you know and obviously my love of School of Rock has been documented on mm. on this very podcast. Indeed, indeed. Um, it yeah, I I just don't know how you could miss something so obvious. But who knows? Who the hell knows with that? Um. There were a couple of trailers. Oh, uh, just last bit of kind of. Oh, go on then. Followed something we mentioned a few months ago is uh, Gareth Evans, the director of the Raid, has uh, finally remastered the Raid. In oh, he's actually and recolored it, and he's playing it at Sightgiss Festival and Beyond Fest, which I think are in America. Well, fuck you very much, Evans. He has said that he's. Uh, 
there will be more screenings when they're confirmed, and he hopes to be able to announce it on a 4K UHD release, which nice. he's working on. And he ended his post with, go physical media, which is almost a right physical media. Oh, wow. Well, I want to expand that a little bit, Rob. We, yes, hooray for physical media is definitely our thing, but I thought we need to call ourselves something. We need a, a, to cause, call our cause something. Yeah? And I put it in a bio of one of the one of the podcasts. We are the Shelf Preservation Society. Nice. Just as soon as you hear that, you hear the song. <laughs> or at least yep. I hope you do. And Did you start off that by saying, hold on, I've got an idea? Yeah, but uh, but that's us now. That's what we are. That would be fine if we that would be fine if we only ever talked about stuff that we physically had, but we don't always. No, but but we're we're there for the. It would be fine if we were also in the furniture business and exclusively sold shelves. The point being is that with it, it's a nice kind of kitschy way of summing up our whole thing and yes we don't only talk about that shit but we do champion physical media a lot we do so so therefore we are the shelf preservation society hooray for physical media hooray for physical media oh yeah we're still keeping that don't you worry about that that's that's our thing but it's just as i said we need to give the cause a name we've got a hashtag but we needed a a name Jim Cole was one of them. It was Andrea as well. What? The cause. Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. Shut your face. I held off as long as I could you. as soon as you started talking about the cause. Wow. 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 So if anything, I should really be commended for sort of no, not mentioning no, that, that no, big no, selling Irish band from the 90s. You, you being commended for anything that you said is uh is wrong no i suppose this doesn't fit into recommendations but it sort of does uh i saw the creator have you i saw it i saw it on saturday oh nice it looks is it as and good as it looks no oh. it, no it's it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination i think i gave it like 3.5 on letterbox or whatever the script is not as good as the visuals. Okay. The visuals, everything is like properly grounded. It's some really cool sci-fi stuff. But um, but you gave it, uh, you gave it three and a half stars, which was exactly the same score as Nick from Garbage Pod. Oh well, there you go then. Yeah, it's yeah, some people. I've read some people kind of like reacting to it and they hated it. They thought that the the uh, the script was terrible and and whatever and and it. It does feel like a mishmash of other sci-fi kind of tropes and things like that, but I think it is just about greater than the sum of its parts. And I think I think the sort of world it creates and and the visuals definitely help. The fact that they got that sort of visual fidelity for eighty million, I think, which is you know such a small potatoes amount when you compare it to like Marvel and all that. It's just like yeah, crazy crazy good visuals. Um, but I really like John David Washington. I think he's brilliant. Uh, a lot of people, again, down on him as well. And it's just like I, I liked him in Tenet. I like him in this. He's yeah. It was it was cool. It it kind of had that sort of District Nine Elysium, more Elysium flavor mm. in the fact that you know the visuals are so much better than you'd expect them to be. 
not that bad visuals are, you know, the death knell for a film, but like, it's just when you see something looking that polished and that sort of in the scene, you automatically think megabucks, don't you? Because that's normally the case. But yeah, no, it was, it, I certainly, I, I enjoyed it. I, I felt that it could have, um, could have done with a, a few more script polishers. But, um, and an interesting thing where I believe that they actually dubbed over an F-bomb, so they only had the one F-bomb to make it a 12A. Okay. Is it still uh, only one you're allowed to talk about? I guess it is, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Which, and it's a surprisingly sweary film as well. Lots of utterances of shit and asshole. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're stressed. I understand that. You know, I'm not going to pick them up on their fucking P's and Q's, but... But there's one bit where he's talking to, uh, I don't know if this is what it is in the trailer, the the kid AI, the 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 kid, yeah. He he and he says something about playing a game where Joshua, his name, doesn't get nabbed by the the freaking police, and then later on the kid repeats it but says the fucking police. So I and something about the lip movements didn't look right when he said frickin', and and so when the kid said fucking, it, it all kind of snaps into place. So I was like, yeah, I bet they dubbed that over so they would get the twelve A. You can't have two F bombs. Hmm. So so yeah, but not bad. And I saw it in the IMAX, which is the way to see it. I would I would say, but um, you know, you really get to appreciate those visuals. But uh, see it on the biggest screen possible. It's not bad. It's not. It's not a home run, but um, I will support this kind of sci-fi anyway because I want to see more of it. Uh, so yeah, so not bad. Do you know where the phrase "mind your p's and q's" comes from? Um, no. The print industry, and when you had typeset things and you had to put all the letters back in the correct cases, you had to mind your p's and q's to make sure you put them in the right sections. You didn't get them confused. Oh, nice. There you go. I've learned a thing. Brilliant. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, a couple of trailers then. Uh, yep. There, there was a trailer for Argyle. Yes, I thought that looked good. I like a Matthew Vaughan film. Yeah. Well, we did a whole thing on Kingsman. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, all we had really was the sort of the the star-studded cast. But now we've got a trailer, and it looks fun. It looks really fun, and again, sort of got a, a stranger than fiction type vibe to it, where yes, Argyle is the is the fictional spy played by Henry Cavill, but he's also kind of real, I guess, and all sorts of shit going on there. But, Weirdly, uh, he didn't look like he was the main character in the, in the film that's named after him. Mm. From from the adverts, anyway. Yeah. Also, um, looks a bit I, like the Sandra Bullock film with Channing Tatum, um, where she's a writer. Oh, the look. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, I know the one. The, the Lost City, I think it might be. Yeah, it's something, something like that. I remember it had Jungle on the poster. Hmm. It looks good. It looks good, and it's got some of my favourite peeps in it, and Sam Rockwell being awesome again. Samuel yeah, Brian Cranston, John Cena, Samuel Jackson. Dua Lipa. I mean, yeah, come on. That cast alone is worth thing. And, you know, I saw some people complaining about the bad CGI cat, but would they prefer it to be a real cat? No. Because it's being flung over to the air. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and it, Matthew Vaughan films aren't about the effects necessarily. 
you know, again, people just, I don't know, people were, the two main reactions I saw to the trailer were just like, Henry Cavill's hair looks really weird. It's yeah. It's like, well, yeah, he's, he's a spy archetype. Yeah, exactly. But as soon as someone isn't the hottest they can be, it's a problem somehow for people. And it's like, this is why we have such a fucking image-led society. And I hate talking about society as a thing. But, you know, this is this is part of the problem. Well, we do live in a society. We do live in one, yes. I'm the jonkler. Um, so there was a trailer for Godzilla Minus One. I was going to mention that. That looks very good. Oh, it looks awesome. Period piece Godzilla movie, mm. just post-war. And, I mean, Godzilla himself looks awesome. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. The The recent Godzilla movie's been really, really, really good. Uh, if you haven't seen Shin Godzilla and things like that, I, I urge you to check them out. Rob and audience. And there was a red band teaser, I guess, for the Toxic Avenger. Which is based on the old trauma movies. I think they had a couple of sequels. They even had a cartoon series, which is nuts considering how gross and R-rated they were. But they had a cartoon series called uh, Toxic Crusaders. And a toy line. Because it was the 80s slash 90s. You could just do that. Yeah, there were lots of those sort of animated films. Like animated children's programs based on adult films. Yeah. Robo Alien. Alien, yeah. Yeah. But uh but yeah. So that was pretty much it. Any other trailers? Uh Aquaman, but I've not like the new oh, Aquaman. Yes. Oh yes, I forgot about that. Fuck, that was probably the bigger one, wasn't it? Yeah. And what did what did you think? Yeah, I've not seen the first Aquaman. Um it looks like kind of all the CGI DC stuff that I've not seen films of. I think it was... Well, the first Aquaman made a billion dollars at the box office. It was a surprise kind of thing. Yeah. It was a surprise hit. And I think that... I mean, it was hilarious how little of Amber Heard there was in the trailer. Just like two seconds of her, if that. In this new um, trailer. Yeah, oh yeah. In this, yeah, people, in this, people are hoping that she's not in the film that much. Well, she was she was awful in the first one. They had no chemistry whatsoever. And Jason Momoa is trying, God love him. But she, I don't know, maybe she thought she was too good for the film. Because she's been great in other stuff. But she was just just not not, not worth kind of, like, just, I, I hated her character. Um, oh, I assume people were complaining about her because of um, Johnny oh, Depp. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, all the Johnny Depp stuff as well. But yeah, that's the main reason. But okay. I'm just saying that she was shite in the first film also. Okay. I've not seen it, so um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it, it, I, I love the fact that this looks kind of... DC are often criticised now because when they have like fun and jokes, you know, it's like, oh, they're going Marvel. Um, but this did kind of look like a Marvel thing, especially him teaming up with his evil brother. You know, that was some Thor and Loki shit. Mm. And, and, you know, so, you know, it might be good. It might be good, but... Uh, well, it's the last uh, DC film, isn't it, before the DCU? Yeah, and hopefully hopefully, it kind of... There's a proper course correction, because, uh, I mean, Christ, it's, uh, it's, not been, it's not been great so far. Uh, yeah. 
So it that looked kind of like just blah, I think. And there's a trailer for The Boy and the Heron, which is the new film from Studio Ghibli by Miyazaki, which looks nice. Um, I couldn't really work out what it was about from the trailer, but I think it's probably for the best. So it looked to be mm. as you know beautifully animated as as they always are. And uh, Garbage Pods did a special episode from the Toronto International Film Festival. We talked yes. about that a bit and talked about a bunch of other films we saw. So check that episode out. Hmm. Uh, do you have any observations or recommendations? You can have some recommendations as well, and I've, just I've, like I could have some observations. Indeed. I, well, that's the name of the segment. Um, yeah. Three podcast recommendations, none of which are films. Oh, okay. Cool. But uh, have you heard George's podcast? He's back for a fourth series, and that is one of the best podcasts for me. That's one of the sort of uh, my top ones. Because it kind and of, I st- the, and the, I still the, haven't heard it. Uh, so have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard, heard George's podcast? No, no. Um, <laughs> it's it's really good, and it kind of it sort of stretches what like you tu- you turned into a flower pot man. Then you went. It says a whole because I I know how sort of stuffy it's, uh, it sounds, but. Or, or like I'm sort of an, uh, yeah, chin stroking, but it sort of it really does stretch what the medium can be. But um, it's 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 great, and every it, it's not really a defined thing. Sometimes it's a drama, sometimes it's history, sometimes it's music, sometimes it's about the art of podcasting. It's 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 really really good, and it's much better than I've made that sound. Um, Business Movers, which is from Wondery, the same studio that do Business Wars did a history of um, Lego and how the corporation evolved which and that's really worth a listen so I think mm. four episodes on sort of the founders and how it's still in the same family who set it up all, the, all those years ago so that, that, that was very good and um, BBC did four episodes of an era's podcast all about Kylie Minogue so her sort of start from Neighbours up to being the sort of the Song of the Summer this year with Padam Padam. So that was worth a listen. <laughs> You're such a Minogue stan. It's it's crazy. I not I blame you. I like I like Minogue too, but holy crap, you are a mega fan. She I'm not a mega fan, but she has written some very well, she's done oh, some she's, very, she's, she's done she's some brilliant. very good pop songs. Yeah. Well, I haven't got any podcasts to recommend, apart from ours. Um and even then. But uh in terms of things that I've I've uh, interacted with, um, I've been playing Mortal Kombat One, which is not the original Mortal Kombat. It's okay. the new one that is like a reboot of the thing. Liu Kang reset the universe, so things are sort of back to kind of whatever. Um, it's it's fun. It is it is a lot of fun. There's not too much for the the, the, the actual campaign mode and everything, the cutscenes. Lots and lots of fun. Going beyond that for things to keep you kind of occupied, I'd probably wait until they add more stuff. But um, but they have a DLC pack coming, which has Homelander from The Boys, uh, Peacemaker from Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, and uh, Omni-Man from Invincible. And Omni-Man was the only one I wasn't familiar with. So I then took myself to Amazon and I watched the first series of Invincible and I loved it. I don't know if you've seen that. Nope. Rob? No, Rob. Oh well, Omni Man. He 
looks like J. Jonah Jameson, and he's voiced by J.K. Simmons, and he's basically Superman. Okay. Uh, except a dick. Um, but better than, you know, the, the whole what if Superman but evil thing. Um, you know, it could be applied to Homelander from the boys as well. But, um, yeah. So so I was kind of like, now I'm excited for Omni-Man being added to Mortal Kombat as well. So, yeah. So I did that. And then for a chill game, a chill kind of game, I've been playing a game called Unpacking. Isn't that about people moving house, but you sort of find out why is you packing up or something? Yeah, basically you get a, it's yeah. a it's a charming sort of like it's got that sort of isometric view, that sort of you know open two walls type thing where you can see the room, and you have boxes and yeah you just unpack shit you just get things and you you place them there there are certain wrong places you can put things but. Most of the time, it is up to you. You can kind of be as accurate with it as you want. Um, there are some sort of secret things um, where where you, you do certain things with certain items. But most of the time, it's just a chilled thing. Like, they've, they've done such a good job with the sound design from opening up the cardboard boxes to, like, bringing stuff out to to kind of, like... Even when you're doing stuff like putting stuff away in the kitchen, um, the drawer of cutlery... Like just a full drawer of cutlery being closed, it has that noise, and it's all relaxing. It is. It's got some really like chilled out, nice music, and and it has got this this semblance of a story. You want you know you can see, I mean your character I guess is well it is a girl, uh becomes a woman, moves in with someone, and then two years later she's back home. And it doesn't tell you anything about that. There's a bit of a diary entry saying like, oh, the room seemed bigger uh, when I was younger or whatever. But it has a very, very subtle story under the whole thing. It has lovely kind of just touches. Like, I don't know, like it. there's a lovely realistic touch where uh, sometimes you go into, you know, you've got like in each room, you go room by room. And in each room, you have a couple of boxes with stuff for that room, obviously. But then sometimes stuff get gets mixed into the thing. So you might be missing one shoe. You've kind of filled the wardrobe and you're missing one shoe. And you'll find it in one of the other boxes in, like, the kitchen or whatever. It's it's just nice. It's such a nice kind of chill time. And, um, and it, yeah, and it, it, is, it is weirdly satisfying. And the best part is that when at the end uh you can watch things being unpacked in like fast forward speed with still you know the nice kind of sounds and everything but it is like that scene in mary poppins when they tidy up the playroom <laughs> just snapping the fingers and everything's just jumping into place and you can even see where you weren't like sure where something goes or where you should put that or turning stuff around but it has you know nice subtle things as well like when you're moving in with a guy there's barely enough room for your stuff because it's a small city apartment so you have to move his stuff kind of around to fit your stuff and you know it, it's yeah it's really really cool i've been enjoying that yeah. and it's okay. a good it's it's a nice palate cleanser after mortal combat so yeah that's that that's that's my lot that's that's what i've been doing this september about me having a party yes um but yeah, no, it's it's been it's been an all right month. I mean, I I've always liked September anyway because it's you know my birthday at the beginning of it. But like, it's 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 quite nice. 
and and things are looking up i think just in general in terms of entertainment and things like that and uh, hopefully this coming week i'm seeing uh, a haunting in venice uh you're welcome to join me i'm probably going with my mum but you're welcome to join me if you want we can have a fun old time hmm Okay, cool. <laughs> I have I have that rejection uh, recorded, so that's nice. Hmm, that's all I am to him after twenty years of friendship, or however long. <laughs> hmm. I I've booked to see uh, Taylor Swift. Have you? You managed to get tickets? No, 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 no. The film. Oh, I was gonna say, fucking hell. So you're you're going to see you're going to see the. Film. The era, the film. era's tour film, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's in a couple of cool. weeks. Yeah, going on your own, are you? Yeah, just me. That's why. That's what I thought. Well, you're a Minogue head. I wouldn't put it past you. Yeah, being a Swifty. That's wrong with Taylor Swift. Oh, and I finally saw in, into the no across the Spider Verse. Did you enjoy it? I did. Yes. It's dope, isn't it? Yeah, it's very good. And how cool is Spider Punk? I hear he's probably my favourite one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and the one from Mumbatton. Oh, yes. Spider Man India. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also like uh, Ben Riley. Who's the yeah. one talking about incredible pain? Because that's. Um, Jake Peralta. Shit, what's Jake Peralta. What's his goddamn name? Andy Samberg. Yeah. There we go. Yes. And the Peter Parked car. That was good. And the uh, the the guns, uh, the web slinger, cowboy yeah. one I liked. Yes, all real, <laughs> all real. Yeah. Comics are fucking weird. But yeah, cool. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it because I did, and uh, yeah, I've just got to wait that much longer for Beyond the Spider Verse now. Yeah, it's oh. been taken off the release slate. It's just it's at yeah. some point in the future. I know, but you know, hopefully, hopefully they stick with landing. But I, I see no reason why they wouldn't at this point. So yes, that is it. I hope your various Septembers were pleasant, and if not, I hope you have a better October. I know I hope you have a better October anyway, even if you had a great September. That's it. That's it from me, Rob. Got anything else to say? No, I don't think so. Thank you for listening, as always. Yeah. And we'll catch you next month for some more hijinks. Oh, I tell you what, I, 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 do have, I do have one thing. I mean, I could wait till next month. but like, And finally. Yeah, well, uh, we're getting a kitten. Ah, oh, that's cool. Um, and you're going to put just... to the listeners what the kitten should be called? No. I've already decided on the name um, because we we kind of wanted a cat for a long time. We had our cat Obi, hmm. who was uh, a a a great friend and uh, worthy adversary as well. He 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 had the Gollum Smeagol type thing where he well, was he did always nice have the high one minute. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Um, he had the Gollum Smeagol thing where he'd be super nice one minute and then just attack you. So just and a cat then. Well, yeah, but he was kind of like malicious with it as well. He he, he schemed, um, and he was you know pure black cat as well. So you know he already already you're kind of just like oh you know kind of witchcraft and shit. You can see why people mistrust him. 
But yes, this is a black and white kitten that we're getting. And uh, after after deliberations, um, I want to, um, we're calling it Buster. What's that? Buster. Oh, cool. Buster, a couple of reasons. One is black and white, so I was thinking, no, I was thinking <laughs> black and white, so Buster Keaton. And also because he's a Keaton. <laughs> Buster, Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. Yeah. I know. Nice. And, and the Phil Collins film. And and Arrested Development. Hmm. And also because it implies mischief, you know. Now listen here, Buster. Buster Brown. You know, it, it all works. It it's 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 metatextual. So so yeah, so so hopefully um Buster, the the newest podcat in town, yeah, will be here uh well by the end of this month now. We'll have a whole so, army uh, of podcasts. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so that that'll be that'll be good fun. I'm I'm sure he'll make an appearance because uh, kittens don't tend to be quiet. So we'll see. But yes, so that was it, and and I knew you'd appreciate the Buster Keaton hmm. kitten thing. Yeah, too, people are too used to my humour. This is the problem. So they just go, huh. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Mum told the neighbours that that. They, they were naming we were naming it Buster because he because not only is it black and white but he's a Keaton, and apparently the neighbors loved it. They thought that was the funniest damn thing they ever heard. So, yes, yeah. but did did your mum come up with it? No, I did. Oh, okay. So you so you're just debating whether to call it really funny or yeah, just uh, pretty much. yeah pretty yeah much. yeah thanks, man. Cool. All right. Well. I will maybe see Rob next month <laughs> and and hopefully see you guys next month too. Okay. Bye for now. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at thepopcornbucket.com. You can find us on Instagram or threads at popcornbucketpod or over on Twitter at popcornbucketpd. Thank you so much to Lawrence Owen of Blowcat Media for the theme music. If you're able to, it'd be great if you could rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share. Many thanks, take care, and see you next episode. What he said. <laughs>